This is Michelle Dawes-Burt of Real Chicks Rock, and this is RCR Presents Real Discussions, the podcast. Enjoy. afternoon and welcome to RCR Presents Real Discussions. I am your host today, Michelle Dawes-Burt. It is my anniversary month. I'm a little excited. I'm going to try to hold it down, um, but I am excited. I've been here at Instinct Radio for a year. Next time I'm on in two weeks, it'll be officially my year date. But since it's the whole month, I'm celebrating the whole month, I brought Someone in that I have been wanting to talk to for quite some time, and we're gonna, you're gonna uh, meet that person real shortly. I wanted to take a minute to explain what RCR is all about. Real Chicks Rock is all about empowering, inspiring, and motivating all women. Um, and we do it through various things. We do it through community service. We just believe the importance of giving back. We do it through public speaking and mentoring. We have the apparel line, our T-shirts, and we want to thank everybody that's been supporting us in doing that. And then we do it through the media, through the arts. And so today, again, I'm always blessed and honored and excited to have the opportunity to have a platform to share our thoughts, our innermost workings, um, just things that are going on in the community, and then the love that I have for music. So today, I'm going to have a house music dj one of the best i think in in the business when people ask me who are my top um five he's always made the list and um his name is junior t and so he is um in toronto today that's where he is every day actually um and so we're bringing him in through skype today terry are you there Junior I'm T. Here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm what's, here. What's going on, Junior T? What's going on, Michelle? Happy anniversary. Oh, thank you, my brother. Thank you, my friend. I am very, very excited. Just hearing your voice just calms me down. Because, <laughs> um, you know, this is my first... He Terry's my first Skype show. So, Junior T is my first time Skyping. So, thank you for just helping me do this. And we know this is just going to go up very well. So we're ex- we're excited about that, but thank you, Terry, for taking the time to talk to me. And let's just kind of just have our conversation, huh? We ready? Let's let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. So everybody knows your DJ handle as Junior as DJ Junior T. What's your real name? So it's Junior T. Mm-hmm. Um, the T stands for Terry. Mm-hmm. So if if you, unless you're my mom and you're, you're a little bit, you know. <laughs> Angry, you call me Terrence, but most people call me T or Terry okay. or Junior. Most people call me Junior, realistically, but yeah. Really? Yeah. And and it's spelled uniquely, so spell it for everybody, so everybody so, can hear it. So because of my background, which we'll get into, mm-hmm. it's actually Junior, mm-hmm. so it's J-O-O-N-Y-A. Mm, nice, nice. So Junior, it comes from my reggae background. Your so reggae it, background. Let's exactly. jump into it. Let's jump into it. So, so Terry, I'm going to call you Terry for the show, okay? So, All Terry, right. where are you from? Toronto, born and raised. Born and the, raised? That's right. No, that accent tells me something else. You're kidding. Born and raised from Toronto? <laughs> yes, born and raised. Born and raised. No, wow. Awesome. Awesome. So, been there your whole life. Your family, your mom and dad is from where? Toronto as well? 
my 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 family's Guyanese, so um, but yeah, it was just me and my mom growing up. Wow, wow. Yeah, so they're they're from Guyana. They uh they came over to Canada back in the day, and you know, every as everyone else did. Yeah. So yeah, but it was just me and my mom growing up. You and your mom. So your only child. No siblings. No brothers. No sisters. You and your mom. So what yeah. is the musical influence in your house with your mom? Um, a lot of reggae, a lot of soca, and a lot of uh, like country mixed bag. Mm. Like in inner crate, there was a lot of everything. There was a lot of like you know Jim Reeves, and then there was the all the soca artists, all the classic soca stuff, and then. Nice. Uh, Charlie Pride, nice, <laughs> and and then as as it progressed, you know Celine Dion and wow. Janet Jackson and wow. Houston and Mariah Carey and wow. it was a mixed bag of everything. To be honest, on a Saturday morning when the house was getting clean, there yes. was like, anything could be like you know Ace of Base. Yes, anything. yes. <laughs> I saw the sign. Yeah, all of that. Right. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> all of that. It could go at any time. Awesome. So, but I heard a lot of I heard a lot of country influence in that. So that's that's uniquely different. I can't say that I grew up with country music, but that's good. So, as a kid, it's you and your mom. When did you start like having the bug, or you just you just always like music? Uh, music is. I mean, it was as I said, it was always in the house. It was always playing. So, um, from a very early age. Um, I was actually just thinking about it going all the way back, and it actually started at grade six, grade seven, when I actually started playing music, like touching music and putting the faders up and down. That's that's when it actually started. Six or seven? Grade six or grade seven. Yeah, I was actually DJing my school dances in grade seven. Wow. Yeah, so, and that was when it was tapes and CDs. Wow. So, Oh, sixth and yeah. seventh grade. My so grade. you know, like your, your elementary schools, they have like a, a an events committee, like a dance committee, and I joined that. Yes. And I was one of two or three people that was in charge of playing all the music that was being brought in by all the kids. Wow. So in the sixth and seventh grade, you're getting your music from cassettes. He said CDs. When I was in the sixth and seventh grade, <laughs> we didn't have CDs just yet. I'm telling my age. So you had CDs and cassettes. And so the money, Terry, where did you get proceeds? Were you using your mom's music or you just saved up and bought music? How did that work for you in the sixth grade? Uh, well, no, in the sixth grade, it was more you know, little pocket money. I used to work at a little convenience store. So mm -hmm. I had a little bit of pocket money to go and buy. It would be a lot of compilation. So I'd go buy a compilation that has, you know, a lot of tracks on it. So you don't have to go and buy individual, you know, because it used to be about compiling music back in the day, as opposed to, like, you know, going to buy uh, a 12 inch or, you know, I was, I'm an 80s baby. But mm -hmm. when I started, it was all like in the, in the mid 90s. Mm -hmm. So things were starting to change over by then. They were, they were, they were. So what was the reaction when you did the parties? I mean, were the kids dancing? Was it a good response? How did you feel? Uh, I mean, it was amazing. I, I was basically playing the music that they were bringing in. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, you can't, you can't lose. It was a win situation from the beginning. Exactly. Man, so you caught the bug at that age. So then as you so from the sixth and seventh grade, you just continue to play music at dances, school dances. Is that how that worked out? That's how a lot of it started in this in school, because from grade six, grade seven and then grade eight, when I graduated elementary school, 
I was still doing the dances in grade eight. And then in grade nine, uh, I basically connected with a couple of friends in high school where we started playing uh, reggae music. It was all reggae music at that point. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And that was, that was, um, I was working at Blockbuster at the time. Mm. So that's where that money was coming from. <laughs> Literally, I get paid on the Thursday. I'm on the train and I go to play the record and I'm in the section and I'm wow, just digging, just, just digging, 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 digging. We're going to talk about your collection today because it is bananas. We're going to get to that. So while, as you're young and you're in Toronto, Toronto, I've been to Toronto a couple of times. It's a very nice city. It's a beautiful city, very diverse. So yeah. um, very, everybody's very inclusive, um, loving one another. So diversity, you're not afraid of diversity. So you're used to playing or listening to music that's going to touch all types of people because that was just your community, right? Exactly, all kinds. And, and as I said, going all the way back to the beginning on a Saturday morning when I was cleaning the house as a child, I'm hearing everything. Mm. So as I grow up, I'm, you know, I'm open to everything. I'm open to you know, pop music. I'm open to like, you know, what people would call cheesy dance. Now I was listening to all of that. <laughs> I don't know if you guys had that out there, but here we had, um, on much music, we had a DJ named master T mm. and he basically used to put together these compilations called dance mix. Okay. So it's like dance mix 96 dance mm -hmm. mix 95. Mm -hmm. And that's where I honestly started listening to house music without even knowing it. Really? I was, I was listening to house music and loving it as a child, but you know, that's kind of the music you kind of just push to the side mm -hmm. and you kind of just listen mm -hmm. on the low. Mm -hmm. when you're like out with your friends, you listen to <laughs> hip hop and everything. But on the low, I'm, I'm digging this stuff. And I don't even realize that this is actually house, house at the time. Music. Yeah. yeah. And then as I, as I proceed into like, you know, early 2000s and, and mid 2000s, then I realize, okay, wow, this is, this is some, some classic stuff this now. This is some classic stuff. Yeah, we do the, um, the U.S. has like compilations. Um, they have pop compilations. They have some for the kids. Um, then they would do R&B. I don't know if people are still buying it, but I know that, you know, in the 90s, it was pretty heavy because it was a one-stop shop where people could get maybe all of the top 40 music, all of the sounds that was relevant at that time. And they could just buy one CDs, maybe two CDs, throw it in at a little party or get together and feel like, you know, they were a DJ for the moment. So, yeah, we have them. I just think that now people appreciate the fact of going out online and buying their own music and the fact that there's so many different versions of that one track is where I think people are really are getting their life. Um, as you were a kid, did you guys travel at all or you primarily were in Toronto? Did you get an opportunity to go back to um, your mom's homeland to see and, and meet relatives? Um, I actually did. I went, I went back to Guyana a couple of times. Mm -hmm. um, you know, usually when, when you go to Guyana as a child, it's, you know, it's chances are something bad has happened. Oh, so okay. I went, I went back uh, one time, you know, cause a family member had passed. But mm -hmm. the second time I went was for um, actually like a, a family reunion. Mm -hmm. It was like this big, all my ancestors were there. And we were down at the countryside and we were just cooking up big pots of food right. and it was crazy. But, you know, I, I haven't been recently. That was, I believe, in 94 wow. or 96, mm -hmm. if I'm not it, somewhere in, in between yeah. there. But that was the last time I was there. Mm -hmm. um, but that that second time was was a crazy experience just mm -hmm. to see all of these people from my family that I didn't even know existed mm -hmm. just 
all the way down the tree. Right, right. And at that and at that time when you're going, the second time that you went, you're a little bit older, so your appreciation for music is probably really on point at this time, right? Yeah, I mean I was I was I was getting older, but at, at the same time when you go when you go to Guyana it's more you're getting a lot of soca and mm. classics and mm-hmm. oldies and mm-hmm. um stuff like that. So but um yeah, I mean it's it's definitely things that I've I've cr- I've created in my mind mm-hmm. a lot of this old music. So even when I hear it at parties or um, if I hear it, you know, here and there, I can always say, oh, yeah. And it takes me back to a place if I hear a certain track. OK, so again, Soka was the influence in Caribbean vibes and that type of thing. And so because you're buying these compilations of music, you're listening to house music and you didn't realize that it was. When did you officially come out the closet with house music as a DJ? <laughs> when did you That's say, a- OK, I did the Soka, but now I really want to hone in on the house side? Um, house, honestly, I started to really dig into it. I would say very early 2000s where I actually started listening to it more and more and pushing some of the other stuff because as you know, hip hop has progressed as, as other music has as well. And reggae has also progressed the same way. Mm -hmm. So I found, uh, early 2000s to the mid 2000s hip hop and reggae was changing so drastically mm-hmm. that I needed, I needed a shift. Mm. I needed, I needed something different. Mm. And some friends of mine have put me onto this, you know, this thing called house and just listening to a few mixes here and there, I was, I got hooked. Yeah. So by 2006, I was, I was going out to parties and taking in all of this music live and mm-hmm. it was all brand new to me. Yeah. So even if I was hearing, old songs or new songs they were all brand new right right. and it was just it was just life Mm. it was just life Mm. so i would say realistically partying and going to events i would say 2006 2007 yeah Mm -hmm. and it changed your life so the energy of people and how they respond to the music and you were like did you start to think i can do that i'm i'm doing that now yeah i mean the music I mean, the music, the DJing wise, I was already doing it at that point. Yeah. I was already doing all ages parties, doing hip hop and reggae parties. Yeah. So it was just a matter of adapting the house music style because playing hip hop and playing reggae is not the same as playing house. Yeah, you, sure gotta, you have to totally change your, your style and, mm-hmm. and really adapt to, to the sound. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, but that's the- that. But Terry, the, the hip hop, I can understand that changing because I'm a hip hop head too, right? I'm a old, I'm a classics. I like the classics. And I would agree. It's just in a vein or a space that is totally not for me. But the, you, did you see a similar change in the soca and the reggae side too? Like, or how did you feel about I mean, that? Soca, soca for me is, um, as much as soca does change, mm-hmm. it changes in a way that reflects the vibe of the culture. Okay. So soca changes, but the thing is, is with reggae, I found that it really got, I I like to call it militant. Mm. So when like a lot of, a lot of this heavy, like it's very militant and, and the lyrics and everything change. It used to be about, you know, dancing up and good time. And, you know, you'd, you'd hear a song and it's about doing a dance and Mm -hmm. this is how you do the dance and all that. And then it really just got into this really, I guess more of a negative okay. side of, mm-hmm. of all of the, you know, the, the, the negative side of reggae. And it just, that, that took over. 
kind of like the hip hop world right now. You know, a lot of the hip hop that we're hearing right now is, you know, a lot of the, you know, what they like to call ratchet or, you know, it's more of the negative side, you know, all of the whatever, 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 where it used to be about, you know, again, the same thing, dancing up, you know, basement parties, banging the furnace, Mm -hmm. you know, and so reggae changed the same way. And that's why when I started listening to house, I was like, okay, what's, what's going on over here? Right. Right. What's going on over here? Right. 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 (laughs) You was feeling love in the message with the house music. Yeah. And, and when you go to the parties and you take it in live, it's like another Mm -hmm. level Mm -hmm. because you're not just, you're not just taking in the music. You're seeing other people taking in the music Mm -hmm. and they're, they're dancing the same way you're dancing Mm -hmm. and they're dropping to the floor and their hands are going up and they're feeling the same way you're feeling. So when you put all these people together in a room, you can't stop that. You cannot you stop, stop that. that. So can't. talk to me, Terry. In 2006, we we were opening up about house music. We're hearing it. We're sensing it. We're tasting it. Something we've never had before. Set set the scene for your first party where you played house music. What was that like? I mean, it was a few. There was a few. Um, there was a few places here and there where I kind of just did one offs. Mm-hmm. But um, the first real vibe that I caught was, I believe, 2000 and I'd have to dig back, but I believe it was 2008. Mm-hmm. And I'm just actually scrolling right now to see if I can. Yeah. So first first real, real party that I did was yeah. 2008, yes. 2007, September 15, okay. 2007. So it was me. Nick Holder and another local DJ and we were basically playing in a boxing ring. In a boxing ring. And it was just like this sweaty loft. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. But it was vibes. It was yeah. vibes, vibes. Wow. And even looking back at the pictures now, I'm like, wow. <laughs> like everybody's shirt is just see-through. Yeah. Hands are up, yes. you know, towels are out. Yeah. And it was just free up. Yes. Just free up vibes. Yes. Did you guys and, play any classics or just really the new stuff at that time? I mean, for me, mm-hmm. it's I'm taking all of this music and it's all brand new to new me. For you, yes. So at the time, I would say I was playing a little bit of the new stuff, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I was playing stuff that was maybe two, three years old, I guess. Yeah, that's not old. That's okay. Um, but yeah, most of the stuff was, was pretty current within the past, I guess, you know, five, six years. Mm-hmm. But um. There was a few. I'm sure there was classics thrown in. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was mostly the the music at the time that we were playing. How many in the room, Terry? Roughly. I'd say hundred ish. A hundred ish on your first. But but it's 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 you got to remember it's a small room, yes. so it was packed. It was it was wall to wall packed. Well, we like it tight. Well, well, of course. And, and was of it course. it was dark? Wasn't it dark? It was dark. There was probably like you know a little bit of light so the DJs can see what was going on. That's but it. yeah, it was just a little bit of light in the ring, and just everyone just kind of crowded wow. around. Wow! And, and then it got to a point where there was no space, so people ducked under the ropes and they were coming oh in the ring and they gosh. were in the with us. My gosh! So, so how- but at the time when I started, I started it on vinyl. So I was playing. I was playing on Serato, but I was using vinyl. Nice. So imagine in a boxing ring. <laughs> With the final, it wasn't the best case scenario, but again, at the time we were making it work. That's it what all you worked. Were doing. That's what you were doing. How long did that party last? Till three, four in the morning? How long did we go? That was a late night. So 2007 to up until, you know, 
maybe three, four years ago, we were doing late nights in Toronto. We were going till, you know, you have to have the sunglasses to when, when Is you walk. that right? <laughs> I can tell you for a fact that that party ended at six o'clock, at least six o'clock, oh because when we came God. out, the sun was up. I know that. Oh my gosh. What time you start? 10? Uh, we start around 11, mm. 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, midnight. Mm. And then we just, it was a, it was an after hour. So it actually started after, yeah. you know, the parties were, were kind of wrapping up. Yeah. 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 We're going to take a little break, Terry. We're going to play some of the music that you, um, you shared with us. Um, All thanks right, cool. guys. Black, 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 black
he ran to God and got out on his knees and said, Lord, I got a problem in here that nobody can move but you. Yeah, got somebody in here this morning that's carrying problems around that only God can move.
remember when you called me weird. We was in math class, third row. I was sitting by you. Right before Mr. Ammon's class. Because my mama couldn't afford new J's polo, thrift store, thrift clothes. That was all I knew. Do you remember? Uh, I remember when you laughed when I cut my perm off and you rated me a six. I was like, damn. But even back then, with the tears in my eyes, I always knew I was the... This is RCR Presents Real Discussions, and we are having a conversation with my friend, DJ Junior T. Hi, Terry. Hey, what up, what up? Happy anniversary. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> we are back. So we left, um, a lot of information was shared, and we thank you for that. Um, your life in Toronto as a little kid, you and your mom, all the music you listen to is primarily soca influence. Um, you were listening to some other kind of music, didn't really know that it was house. And then you realized it's what we call house music. You start to gravitate to that in like 2006. And then all of a sudden you're doing a party with a name that I've heard you mention several times since I've been listening to you, Nick Holder, and then uh, another pal of yours. And you guys are banging this party out. Um, starting at 11 o'clock, don't come out till six in the morning, like an epic thing. Epic. Yeah. Epic. Yeah, that's right. Epic. That's what it's about. <laughs> so then we go to a break and this was some music that you provided to us. I'm going to give you an opportunity. Talk to me a little bit about those tracks, Terry. And I'm, I'm going to have to agree. I really like three because, um, he talked about real house heads are in the back and not in the front. I think that's me, but tell me a little bit about <laughs> the music that you shared on the break. So more so that the second track um, is more influenced from my reggae background. Mm. Um, that sample there is taken from someone that I really looked up to as a reggae DJ, mm -hmm. um, David Rodigan. Okay. So that's basically um, just him talking about, you know, the real heads. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought it made a lot of sense because, I mean, not so much in the house world, but in the reggae world and and sometimes in some cases in the house world too but the real heads they don't stand at the front usually they stand at the back <laughs> and it also kind of ties in with my whole back corner brand and like you know when we came in we we're always in the back corner so wow. i used that sample with a little bit of what i was learning with the drumming and the pro, uh, programming of the drums and that was something that i put out first back in 2012 Nice. Um, and then the, the first track that I played was uh, Preach, mm -hmm. which is um, something that I put together for uh, my Chuch compilation that I do. Yes. Um, so I produced that for um, the first Chuch series that I did. Wow. And when was that? Um, in 2012 or 13? 2012, 2012, yeah. 2012 was the first compilation. So awesome. I was going to ask you about the back corner. The back corner uh icon and logo and the name and the branding so real heads are in the back corner eh? that's what it is well that's that's it i mean <laughs> when we when we came into the scene it was uh like five six of us and when we came into a party it was just high energy so we just come in and we just be in the back corner and we just be making up pure noise and wow you, you knew we were there when we came in when because you again you got to remember like this is year one year two coming yes. in and yes. everything is fresh everything is brand new yes. so 
you're coming in and everything is just like, yes, yes, this is like, this is life. So, and we were all experiencing it at the same time. So when we came in, that was just our time to release and just free up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to do this little plug right now. We're going to talk more about the show in a second, but that's the same energy you bring to your show every single week. You um, present it as if it's like brand new to you. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. I want to ask you, Terry, from the producing perspective, was that difficult for you to do or to take on or learn that? Oh, it's still it's still a, a curve for me. It's still a learning curve. Really? Um, because, I mean, production is not just, you know, kick, snare, hi-hat. It's, right. you know, learning all the, the notes. You got to learn everything, all the keys you have yeah. to learn compression you have mm. to learn i'm basically learning everything at once right i dabbled a little bit in it before i came into house but it was more just um chopping up stuff for my reggae cd intros okay. and okay. stuff like that so mm. um but you know it's it's a whole different ball game it's a whole different ball game yeah. and it's not easy trust me i hear you it's not easy do you have a musical background as a musician terry or just or no just not really i mean uh, like most kids uh, growing up, I, I did maybe like a year of piano, but okay. it's nothing that was that was hardcore mm-hmm. that I took, you know, that seriously. And I was I was at an age where I wasn't able to, I guess, appreciate it at the time. Right. So, right. So I mean, I, I say it, I say it all the time. I wish I would have stuck with it because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'd probably be in a different place. Ah, right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but still you still have the ear um for music, the appreciation, the taste for it. So it translates, like I said just moments ago, it translates very well in your show every week. I want to talk about the show. So you're on Hands On Radio. Shouts out to Hands On Radio. I shouts bo- out to Chuck, man. Yeah, like, shout him out. Shout just, him out. I want to just say shouts to Chuck one time because he's been doing it for so long and he's providing, again, like you are, an outlet for music to be heard that a lot of times, especially now, can't be heard on, on FM radio, yes. on, on AM radio or FM radio. Yes. So. I mean, shouts to Chuck for, for letting this music be heard worldwide. Man, it's an awesome platform. It's an awesome platform. I am a addict of hands-on radio. I listen to it, uh, myself and Courtney. Hey, Courtney. Uh, we listen to it all, all the time. I listen to it all day. So I listen to, uh, Stan Zeff on there, Underground Sunrise with Kevin Donovan. There's DJ Pope. There is Biscuit, which you've done parties and collaborations with. I would That's love, right. Yeah. I would love to hear him in person. Uh, OG. I mean, I listen and to When I started on. listening to Hands On, I was listening to Charisma. Charisma was on Hands On Radio, you know too. That's I mean? not forget. You yeah, know, it like, yeah. It was like. That was the spot. That was, that was the spot. spot. You want to hear music? And that's, I was the same way. When I came in, I would be at work and on the low, I got the one earbud yeah, in man. and I'm catching up on what's new and, and <laughs> taking notes. Okay, what's this one? Okay, taking yeah. note on that one. Yeah. And that's that's how a lot of this music was absorbed into my brain, right. just listening to radio and different DJs mixes and just building from there. So how did you get on? How did you meet Charisma? I guess that's how we need to take it from there, right? It was it your relationship with Charisma and then that opened the door. How did that work out, Terry? So basically, I, as I started listening to the music more and more, mm-hmm. I started picking up on producers that I was really feeling. So when I came in, I was listening to a lot of like Ocean La Day mm-hmm. and a lot of Charisma and a lot of Blaze mm-hmm. and a lot of, you know, uh, Louis Vega and a lot of like these guys. So I was basically going back now 
into their catalogs and finding out, okay, so this track that I heard last night, big tune, but it's not new. Mm. It came out like three years ago. Okay. okay. Mental note. And as I was building all of these producers and I was starting to follow them because Facebook was then becoming a thing in 2006, 2007. Right, right. So I started following all of these people and just following what they were doing. So Charisma was one of the people that I really gravi- gravitated towards. And um, uh, he came here one time in, I believe it was 2007, 2008, mm-hmm. when we first met. And it was it was just crazy. I I lost myself that night. <laughs> and I basically let him know that. And from there, we basically kept in touch. And, you know, a couple of years later, I started, I brought him down to Toronto. And the rest is... Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah, he was the one at the time who was on hands on radio. And then yes. he put the word in for me to Chuck. And I basically filled in a spot that was mm-hmm. open at, when awesome. it was available. Awesome. And you've been on hands on radio for how long now? Five years as of uh, March 1st. Nice. I've been... That's five years. Yeah. So we were doing the little promo, doing the five year gear. Yeah. Five year goodies. So. Yeah, it's been five years. We have uh, the backcornerstore.com. It's open for another three days, and we got some shirts, hoodies, uh, workplace ruckus mugs, if you listen. Yeah. You know about the workplace ruckus, so we got coffee mugs. Yeah. We got uh, slouchy tees for the ladies mm-hmm. and oh, a lot of stuff. The backcornerstore.com. Check it out. Yeah, so I have mine because I – right. Let me just do yes. the plug. Right. Nice. It's shameless, but right. I'm waiting for mine. Mine are on route. Here we go. So this is what he's talking about. For, yeah, yeah. Nice. You see that? Isn't nice. nice. I haven't worn it yet, Terry. I want it to be crisp for the show. Crispy. Right? Nice and crispy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah. it crisp first, but I'm going to definitely uh, wear it, take a picture, and send it to you. So, yeah, I got, I got this version, which is the back corner music version. Yes. Um. So I got back corner music, back corner promo, and then – the new one, Back Corner Radio. So I'm getting mine hopefully in a week or so. so I should get it. So how come is the how come the store is going to be limited just for a couple of more days just to make it special, limited edition? Is that the concept? So basically, my my first batch, so my first shirts, I actually did this this logo here, which was designed by uh, my girlfriend's, one of her students actually did one of these designs here. So I, I basically incorporated the Toronto skyline. Yes. Um, the sound waves, obviously. And the two bridges on the outside are, you know, where I could potentially be going in the future. <laughs> so they're, they're, bridging, they're bridging Toronto to the world. To the world. So that was, um, that was an amazing design. And uh, I pushed those out. But the thing is, is at that time, I had to actually print them out pay for everything Mm -hmm. and then hopefully the sizes that everyone got worked out and I was doing a lot of hand delivery. Okay. So with this, with this opportunity now, I'm actually opening it up to the world where people can go online and they can actually pick and make sure they get the right size, Mm -hmm. pick their color and it will get shipped right to their doorstep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These services weren't available when I did my first batch. So I'm kind of just testing it out to make sure. Yeah, there we go. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Corner store. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So that's basically it. I'm 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 trying out a new a new option so that I can get my shirts out and my my gear out to yeah. more people around the world. To the world, around the world. Let's talk about the the fan base that you have. Very interesting collective group of people. I've met some people through you through your show. Um, thank you for that. Um, you have people listening to you from South Africa, Amsterdam, mm. London. 
Toronto, the States. Uh, did I miss a place? Did I miss a region? Right. I mean, there's, there's, there's bits and pieces everywhere. I know people that listen in Japan, people that listen in France, people that listen in, you know, a lot of small places in Europe, Spain. Um, I'm actually going to be getting the actual breakdown very soon. Awesome. I wasn't actually able to get that, but um, I'll be able to soon see exactly where all my listeners are yeah. coming from. But I'm, I'm actually able to see who's listening because I do my show 100% live. It's always live. Yes. So I'm getting these people interacting live with the show. So yes. that's how I'm able to see who's actually listening. Mm-hmm. And, and we become friends. Um, shouts out to RuPaul Walker in South Africa. Yeah. Um. Yo, shouts, to, shouts to RuPaul Walker. Shouts to, you know, I got all of these people that are diehards. I, I like yeah. to refer to them as my back corner crew. Yeah. And uh, I got partnered with Michelle Spears in Detroit. And I actually, it's because of you, uh, Terry, and this show. And, and Natalie, I love her, your girlfriend. Thank you, Natalie. She's just a wonderful person. And she said this too. You say it every week. It's consistency, right? Your show is very consistent. It's very inviting, very inclusive. You shout out everybody. And so we start to feel like we know one another. So when um, there's an opportunity, people will send one another e- or each other fan requests. And that's how it's yeah. happened. And so RuPaul sent me a request. I, I knew the name from the show. We connected. He's a Real Chicks Rock fan now, right? So I sent him some music. And so he's following the brand. He's following you. We're dancing together on your show every Thursday. And that's how it happened. I was in yeah. Chicago uh, checking out the Chosen Few DJs, their awesome epic picnic every 4th of July. And I'm walking by and I meet Michelle Spears in person in Chicago. Nice. Um, so it's like, so it's you have allowed us to meet these people through the show. Now, the biggest thing for me, the biggest deal was I had been trying to meet you in Toronto. I've gone to Toronto a couple of times. I inbox you. Hey, Junior T, I'm coming up to Toronto. And you're like, I'm working. I don't, I can't, I don't know. I'm going to be busy. And we could never connect in Toronto. So, um, because you're usually in and out. You're like, I'm in and out. I'm in for the weekend. I'm in, you know, I'm supporting the tambour party with Stan and I'm getting the love over there. Shouts out to the TO family up there that are listening right now. Toronto's beautiful people. Yeah. They're beautiful people. They come out, they support the parties and everything. You get a good vibe and they love on you and it's great. And so, um, in 2016, Courtney Redmond III and I, that's my travel partner and my best friend, one of my dearest friends, we said we were going to Amsterdam. What's with this ADE business? Like, we didn't know what it was. It seemed very, um, there wasn't a lot of inside information. You saw flyers, you saw a couple of clips, but we were like, what's the energy like there? So we planned and we got ourselves together and we decided to go and the cherry on top was when you said you were going to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we yeah. said, we're going to finally meet Junior T. So we go, we're in Amsterdam and to show up at Tom's flagship and see you play was just, mm-hmm. that was the day for me. Yeah. Um, that was awesome. And through that day, I met a handful more of some beautiful, awesome people in the business, um, global diplomacy people, Hans Litz, Pascal Morales, um, Schisma. It it was just awesome. And so I thank you for that, Terry. Thank you for uh, um, sharing your community with with me and um, with so many other people and through the music that you play. And I want to talk about that music. The music you play, we're talking five years 
I've been a faithful listener. This July will be four years. So I'm at the three and a half year mark. I don't think you've played one track twice. In well, the whole that's, time. that's more, that's more or less the goal because especially now with all the promo music that I'm getting, yes, I would be sitting on all of this music if I didn't play it. Oh. So I'm actually using this platform as a dance floor. So when I say Ooh. join me on the dance floor, I'm really saying join me on the dance floor mm. because I'm breaking new music this week and next week is going to be a new batch because the replays are always there. You can always go back yes. and listen. Yes. But I like to keep it fresh. I like to, you know, play, play what's new, what's coming out, what's might not come out, yeah. you know, stuff. I want, I want you to hear everything and I'm going to let you know who you're listening to. Yes. I'm going to let you know when it comes out. Yes. And I'm also going to let you know what label it's on. Mm. And these are things that I, when I put the show together, when I had this initial idea, that's what I really wanted to do. Yeah. And by you saying all these amazing things right now, I'm, I'm validated in knowing that it's actually working. It's, it's working. All, it's all coming together. It's working. It's worked. I, the, the quality of the show is excellent. And the fact that when you even post the replay, Terry, you're kind enough to tell us every, <laughs> every track and artist so we can go individually and chase that. Now, you know, if you're not in track, so, you know, I, I cheat. I do the YouTube thing, but those that go into track source can actually get the remix and the, the very versions that you're playing. And it has raised um, my uh, knowledge of music, right? Because um, unfortunately or fortunately, people have favorites. And so they mm -hmm. play their favorites more often than not. And so of therefore, course. as a consumer of the dance floor, you're trapped to whatever it is that they're going to play. And some, sometimes it's almost predictable. And with you, oh, it's yeah. never predictable. It's no. never predictable what you're going to do. Because exactly, because when I came in, uh, as I said at the beginning, I came in and everything was brand new. Mm -hmm. So all of these artists that I'm hearing, as far as I'm concerned, these artists are all brand new. Yeah. They just started making music last year, right. in, in my opinion, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I treat it the same way now. If I hear something new and I like it, chances are someone else is going to like it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'll play it on the radio show based on how well people respond to it. Mm -hmm. Then it gets bumped up. It's on my monthly mix. Then mm -hmm. more people are going to hear it. More people are going to be able to download it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm, I'm able to expose these people to such new music because of the radio show and now labels and trust me with their music. And they know that if they give me something, I'm going to make sure people, people hear it. And I'm going to make sure that if they like it, they're going to want to buy it yeah. because of the energy and the way that I bring yeah, it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's something that, you know, when I came in, a lot of people were kind of like, you know, scratching their head on it because not a lot of people will do the radio show the way that I do right, my radio show. Right. Yeah. You know, I kind of treat it like, you know, you're, you're coming into like a basement party yeah. that you could be hearing reggae or hip hop and you got an MC, mm -hmm. you know, you don't really find that in house events, No. but you know, if you do it properly and you, you kind of like sprinkle it in here and there, it actually works amazingly well. Yeah, you it does. It, I think um, for me, what I like the most is the first five to ten minutes of your show, because it's usually maybe a deep, soulful type house. You're not yeah. talking yet. May, there may not even be any vocals, maybe until a couple of minutes into the track. And then you go, choo, choo. And then I'm like, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's a crazy thing because if you listen to my show, if you listen to every single show, I kind of have this formula yeah. that, you know, it, it's been working. So, you know, if it ain't broke, right? Yeah. But I, I have these things and these little sayings that catch on, like, yeah. you know, keeping it fresh and, yeah. you know, workplace ruckus. Yes. And, 
you know, put your helmets on because yeah. you're going in and yeah. all yeah. these little sayings that yeah. people will inbox me and they're like, yo, I'm ready to get, kick over my yeah. work yes. desk. And yes. Because again, when I was at work and I was listening to it, this is how I felt. Like if I hear like a, a heavy track come in, yeah. I'm like, yo, I just feel like just kick it over my yeah. work desk and, you know, just <laughs> getting on. And that's how people react. I see people sending me videos yes. of them like, you know, wow. just grooving in their office while they're listening to the show. Like, this is how people are feeling. So I, I figure, you know, it's working. So it's working. If I, can, if I could change your day just for two hours, I'm, I'm happy with that. You do it. You do it. And we like, I like the extra because you go past on the live show. You know, sometimes um, hands on lets you go past and you keep on going. So we get maybe two hours and 15 or 20 minutes of the whole show, which is yeah. great. One thing is, um, you know, you're always live and that ain't no jive. That's another one that you always <laughs> <laughs> no And then the thing is to, um the the thought process about how you you segment the music you're going to play like you'll say here comes the drums or here comes the vocals and you know what inspired you to do that so again going back to my very first episode it was very loose everything was kind of just I was kind of programming on the fly yeah. and kind of saying things here and there but right. as you do things more often obviously you get into a, a, a formula you get into a pattern and the way that I break down my show now is I do about an hour-ish of the deep soulful funky mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. and then I'll do an hour-ish of the afro stuff that way I have an actual segment so I know there's a lot of people that prefer the afro there's a lot of people that prefer like the more deep you know non-vocal maybe the funky stuff so I like to break my show up so that if people are listening, they know what they're going to get yeah. in a way. Mm -hmm. They're not going to get like, you know, a heavy Afro track and then it's going to like side veer into like a funky track. Right. Not to say that I wouldn't do that in a live set. But when you're listening to my radio show, I like to distinctly say this is the side, like a side A, then you flip over the mm -hmm. cassette and it's a side B. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that way I'm able to slot in all of these bits and pieces that I'm that I'm putting together and properly program the show because that's another thing that the radio shows allow me to do yeah. really well is that yeah. I'm able to work on my programming yeah. which a lot of people like you know say programming uh, well you know programming is very key when it comes to house you have mm. to really build this vibe whereas mm. in like my reggae background or my hip-hop background you're more just playing you're playing the, the hot tracks mm. you're playing what people are going to know but with house you're going to kind of like say okay jump in my car I'm going to take you on a ride mm. Don't worry about the directions. I'll take my route. <laughs> just follow along. And chances are you're going like, to like what you're going to hear. But that's why I break it up in segments so that you know that the next hour is going to be all Afro. Awesome. Or the first hour is going to be all funky, deep, yeah, soulful stuff. Nice, nice. Terry, help us understand, just for me, what is, what, what's the difference between just a new track and then when you have your exclusives? What is the difference? Okay. So, and, <laughs> and I just had this discussion not too long ago because someone actually asked me the same thing. Mm -hmm. So basically what I, like to what I like to consider an exclusive is something that people can't purchase. Uh. In my opinion, you know, it's not necessarily an exclusive where only one person has it. Because right. let's be realistic. These days, as soon as you bounce a track from the studio and you click save, mm -hmm. it's no longer an exclusive because the label has it, your, your PR has it. And whoever else has it. And then once the promos go out, then, you know, it's no longer an exclusive. Mm -hmm. So I like to consider an exclusive something that you're hearing that you can't necessarily buy. Right. Or mm -hmm. something that's coming out way, down, way the down the road. But usually if I play an exclusive, the good thing about my show is it's on a Thursday. 
and all the new music usually comes out on the Friday Friday. or Saturday, Mm -hmm. Sunday. Mm -hmm. So I can play stuff on Thursday that will come out the next day. Mm -hmm. And, and then, you know, further on. So if I play a track on a Thursday, it might come out two Fridays from, from then. So that's what I consider exclusive, something you can't buy on track source or B port or Bandcamp or right, things like that. Right. Now and then a, and then a new track is something that just came out that week that's available for purchase. Anyone can purchase it. Okay. Here's here's one. I'm gonna give you a platform to brag a little bit. How many lists <laughs> how many listeners do you have, Terry, roughly? What do you think you have? Um, well, the thing is, is again, as I told you, I can only go based on, on my replays. Mm. So for right now, I can, I can only consider my replays as my diehard listeners, which okay. is about on average, about five to 600 a week. Okay. But, but outside of that, I have a whole list of live people that are locked in that I don't up until this point have access to. But Chuck, again, shouts to Chuck, he just actually updated the whole hands on radio site. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. But the whole Hanson site is is all changed over. I saw. Everything is kind of upgraded. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be getting a detailed report now. But, I mean, I'm sure it's uh, at least, like, you know, every week at least a thousand-ish yeah. people that are, are locked in. Awesome. Because you know why? We tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, and tell a friend. <laughs> tell a friend to tell a friend. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're going to take a break. Terry, what are we going to queue up? What are we going to play now on this break? All right, so this is what we're going to do. I want to go, I want to get some of my, like, how you're asking me about, like, what's in my mom's crates. Mm-hmm. So I used to, I, I was going back and listening to all of these songs that I know from from a child, but I wanted to do some rework. So we're going to go with number seven. Yes. Then we'll go with number one. Okay. Seven. All right. And so, yeah, this first track is uh, something that I'm actually very proud of. It's something that I kind of constructed from top to bottom, other than obviously the 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 original track but it's a rework that i did of uh, a track that you'll probably all know so all hope right. you enjoy it all right we'll be back with junior t hi welcome back um this is rcr presents real discussions i'm your host for today michelle dosbert i'm so excited because i'm talking to junior t i am i'm excited <laughs> and he's making my producer very happy. Thank you, Terry. You're just so, you're such a good guest. Thank you so much. You're making this whole Skype thing just really work well for her here. So thank you so much for being cooperative and following instructions and help and allowing us to do this today. We've learned a lot, but there's still more I want to talk to you about because I, I just want to know. Um, because you're from, you, you've been based your whole life in Toronto, very diverse city. Um, I want your insight on how do you feel about house music in North America versus house music in Europe, right? Especially in Amsterdam, going to ADE. Do you think it's much of a difference, Terry? Uh, I would say so. Okay. I mean, obviously, we know in North America, our main music is is anything popular, pop, top 40. Right. That's what's going to be played on your radio stations, on your TVs, you know, on, on your xms or whatever mm-hmm. that's what makes money right um in europe or in i let's i just like to kind of split i just say on the west side um they basically consume house music like we should be on this side i think they they will put the music in their commercials they'll play it on radio they'll make music videos for it yeah it's a totally different world on, on across the atlantic mm-hmm. um but in terms of consumption i say you know, there's a lot of consumption in North America, but it's a different it's a different breed uh, yeah. across the Atlantic, 100. Yeah. 
Understood. Understood. Because I find that the music that you play is extremely attractive. I think that you do a good job in playing music, not only from the uh, North America, but from abroad. I mean, you have brought a lot of music into your show that typically um, most of us here in the States may not ever, we won't hear. Um, some of my music, at least my, my intro, my outro, I got from you. I heard it on your show. It was DJ Shizma. He was playing it. Shizma. He was playing Shinza, it. Shinza. Shinza. Yeah, yeah. He was playing it and it was awesome. And I made that part of my outro and I told you about it. And I just think that, you know, you do a really great job in bridging the gap in the dynamics of us being here and there. And I, I don't think there's an intent for us to be us and them. I think collectively we're all one big, um, yeah. house music world, but I just think that uh, our conditioning is different. Um, I think certain regions and certain areas, you have consumers that dance more or dance differently, and then there's some that just want to see a DJ just be technical and watch technique and really not into the vibe on the floor. So I think it's just a lot of different variations and different degrees of what house music can offer. And I think you do a really good job in just bringing, bridging that gap. I know that before I got to meet you and I was an early fan, you know, I would turn on another station, deeper shades of house and you were playing over there and Mm -hmm. I would, I would inbox you there and he still plays your stuff. Um, yeah, Shots of Lars. Lars has my uh, has my mixes in heavy rotation. So yeah. every monthly mix that I do, I send it to him, and yeah. that goes into the monthly into the rotation on his uh, Deeper Shade show. And how did you meet Lars? How did you get to uh, Lars and I actually connected through an event that we did. Well, officially connected. Obviously, being in the house community, a lot of the DJs we know each other online. Right. Um, but um, there was a party that we did in Toronto where I was able to connect with him in person. Mm. And through that, a lot of the promotion that we did through the show, I was able to do my first uh, Deeper Shades of House show, which, funny enough, not a lot of people know this, but my Deeper Shades of House is episode number 416, really? which is the Toronto area code. Yes. That was random, <laughs> but it just happened to be that way. So, yeah. Um, and then I, I had since then done another show, 464. Mm. Um, but I did a party with him uh, May in 2013. So that's when I did my first show nice. on Deeper Shades of House. That's how we, how we officially connected. Connected. He loves your stuff. He loves your stuff. Yeah, big up to Lars, man. He, uh, I love I love what he's doing. Man, he's, he's, uh, he's been doing I, it for so long. I, and he's actually inspired a lot of these online uh, radio stations, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, the, and his sound is good, too. And I think um, you and him have a, a unique way. He's really deeper. He's really Yeah, really I mean, a, a lot of DJs, they'll, they'll have their style and mm-hmm. they'll, they'll stick with it. And that's, that's something that Lars is, is really good at. I mean, mm-hmm. he's built a whole brand around his deeper shades. So, yeah. um, you know, if you're looking for that deep, deep. Deep, deep. Lars is deep, deep. Like, yeah, Lars has got you. But I like to kind of mix in a little bit of everything because I have a lot of different kind of people that are listening to my show. And, you, you know, and I got a lot of stuff that needs to be heard. So you do. Are yeah. any are there energy differences, Terry, when you play in Toronto, when you play parties home versus when you come into uh, America? Like recently you were here maybe a couple of weeks or months ago and you partnered i think with biscuit right in the dmv area baltimore area is it is it difference response to your music your style um i would i would say so because um i find especially in baltimore Mm. um it's more of a a dance community a real uh music real music connoisseur community where they really they take in everything that you're playing Mm -hmm. and 
they reflect how they're feeling on the dance floor always. Right. Um, a lot of a lot of my favorite moments so far have been things that I've done in the states and overseas. Wow. Um, not to say that we don't have we don't have energy here. By all means, we definitely have you energy do. here. You do. But um, it just you know there's there's certain t- I find because when you play overseas, obviously you're the guest DJ, so you'll get to play at a better time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times here you won't get to play, I guess, the peak time mm-hmm. unless it's something that I'm doing on my own mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, collaborating with someone else for. But a lot of times when I play at home, it's not, um, I guess, you know, in the in the most busiest time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't get the same energy. Yeah. But when I play overseas, by all means, it's always at, at a at a proper time where it's like every everyone is nice and they're warmed up. So, I mean, by default, you know, I, I definitely get more energy when I'm overseas. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Shouts out to the um, shirt change. I see you, Terry. <laughs> I yeah. see you. Shouts out on Good. the, oh, I'll be right back. And changing into the other brand shirt. Please, people take note. He changed his shirt and it's good. Um, shouts edition. out on that. And where can they get the shirt? We shamelessly plugging. Where can they get the this shirt? This one here is actually, uh, I would have to do a reprint. I mm-hmm. might in the summertime do a reprint because these are the ones that I did. On the first run, yes, and they were actually only available as a local kind of hand-to-hand thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was uh, last summer where I did okay. these. Um, but yeah, I might have to do a reprint. You might have and- to, and we're going to need some in a V-neck. I'm just saying thank you very much. V-necks, tanks, they're coming. Summer's <laughs> coming. No, it's a little bit delayed this year, so... Try to wait on Mother Nature, and then we'll get some some fresh gear out, no doubt. All right. So, Terry, tell me, I want to talk a little bit more about the international scene. When I had the opportunity of meeting you and talking with you in person in Amsterdam, um, that was just memorable for me, like I said before. The energy there was just really good. And and last year, I did go to Ibiza, Spain, and um, just before their season had kicked off, and you know, it's a little different in Ibiza. Ibiza is beautiful, yeah. very relaxing, very vacation-y. It was very nice. I found that people, locals, played more soulful house at the beach than they did when I went into, like, a party, per se. Like, yeah. like You know what I mean? So it was, like, different. So I was very appreciative to be in Amsterdam, and everywhere I went, it sounded so good. So to hear you play at the um, the Bulldog Hotel in Amsterdam and to hear you play at Tom's flagship. Um, it's just a, it's just a difference, right? In a sense that, um, what I like the fact is it's, it's colorblind. So there's no, we don't, people don't care what color you are. And that's always the case with house music anyway, yeah. which is why we like it. We gravitate to that. But I was just yeah. really impressed that some people could, their English wasn't even their primary language. It was like maybe their third language and yeah. they're playing this beautiful music. Are, are you, are there any thoughts about you trying to do more international work or collaborate more with, with people in, in that region? In that body? I mean, that's, that's the ultimate goal. I mean, uh, because this music is consumed so much more mm. on the, on the West coast of the Atlantic, it's, it's something that I'm definitely working towards. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well as the States, there's a lot of uh, States that I still want to hit up, yeah. but, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the plan. I mean, everywhere that this music needs to be heard, I want to be there playing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know I'm, um, I'm pretty cool with, um, K mix. 
Kevin Donovan, yep. I'm going to take liberties. And when I told him I was listening to you years ago, he was like, I, that guy is awesome. And I know yep. he, I know he had wanted, you know, try to work on some things to try to get you in Atlanta. I would like to, uh, throw a party and have you be one of the DJs that, that takes money people. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Toronto's not around the corner, but I just, you know, appreciate so much of what you do and how you do it and how you present it. Um, the sound, I just can't, I can't let that go. I, I won't leave you alone about that. And the fact that, um, you play the vocals, where, where does your inspiration come when you're actually getting this new music? Is it that people just give you these promos or you're out here going to track source? How do you come about so much of your, your collection today? So a lot of it came from backtracking on track source. A lot of the music that I was hearing that I was considering brand new, mm. I would have to go back and find out, you know, these tracks came out 10 years ago or right. five years ago. Right. So it was a lot of track source, a lot of B port, and then a lot of, you know, communicating with other DJs, mm -hmm. finding out, you know, there's a lot of times where you would be listening to a mix or uh, like, you know, a radio show and you wouldn't even get a playlist. Right. So, you know, lucky for us now, there's like things like Shazam and all right. that, which is pretty spot on when it comes to house right, now funny enough right, but right. that wasn't around when i when i came in back back in you know like, you know 0506 yeah. so you know it was just a lot of a lot of talking a lot of networking a lot of um asking questions mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's why when we go back to saying you know uh when i play a track i'm gonna let you know who it is and and when it's coming out and what label it's on that's because when i came in that's what i wanted yeah i wanted someone to like you know if it wasn't a track list Tell me what I'm listening to. If it's a radio show, like just come in, say, you know, this is who it is. This is when it comes out, whatever, whatever. And then cool, I can find it. Right. Or if I'm a, like, if I'm a DJ, I know when it comes out, when I can pick it up. Mm -hmm. But that's why, that's why I do it the way I do it. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's something that I think labels, um, when they give me their music, they actually look forward to, mm -hmm. you know, um, a lot of people, they'll, they'll get a promo and they'll just put like, you know, some asterisks on the playlist and they'll just right. say like, or exclusive and they won't right. say what say it what is, it but is. that's, that's not the ultimate goal all the time. You know, a lot of these labels, they want this music to, to spread. So mm -hmm. that's, that's the way I do it. <laughs> do you find that now five years in the game of doing it on, on, on the radio, having the radio show successfully for five years that people, DJs, producers are just seeking you out. Like you're, they're like here, Terry, Junior, we want you to have this music. Are you finding that more, it's easier now? People are seeking you? A hundred percent. I mean, when when I first started doing my show, every week I would spend, you know, anywhere from 50 to 60 bucks, say, on music. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of those labels now are, are sending me their music. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to wait for it to come out. They're going to send it to me so that I can break it so that other people will know okay, this is going to come out next month. I got to look out for this. Awesome. And that's all, that's all a part of following labels that I really like listening to mm -hmm. a lot of producers that I really like listening to. Mm -hmm. So that's why you'll see, obviously, because of the connection that we have, I'll always break charisma's music first. Right. So whenever Charisma's dropping something, listen to my show yeah. and you'll probably hear it first. months before it comes out. First. And, and the other thing is, is like, I'm not one of the guys that will like, I'll, I'll get a track and I'm, oh, I got this. Look at what I got. Look at what I got. I'm more like, you tell me when it's good to play and when you want the promo to start. There you go. And when you give me the green light, I'm going full blast. Go. Other than that, I'm I'm not playing it. Because if I can't tell people what it is, I don't want to play it. There you go. 
There you go. Unless unless I'm doing something live, like unless I'm in the booth and I'm playing, mm-hmm. then that's a different, different story. story. Obviously, you know, you don't you don't need to do it the same way. But mm-hmm. if I'm playing something on my radio show or if I'm putting it on my my uh, podcast, I definitely want people to know what it is. Have you gotten a lot of criticism on the style of your show because you talk and you share and you communicate with us? A lot of critics criticism on that? Um I was mentioning this uh to Natalia actually um a little while ago, but um, when I first started, say episode one to twenty, mm-hmm. I would have um, people here and there that would come in the chat and say, "You know, love the show, but can you talk a little bit less?" Mm-hmm. Which is totally fine because I totally understand that it's right. something that it's it's like you know drinking uh, a different kind of wine mm-hmm. one day that you're not used to. The music is there, but you're getting this guy that's kind of talking to you, and you're not used to it, but. I have these people and I know people, specific people that had things to say about it before. But now if I don't talk for a bit, they ask me, Are you uh, okay? is everything cool? Is everything cool? <laughs> you lost your Are voice. You okay? <laughs> uh, uh, what's this track? People will come in the chat and they'll say, what's this track? Mm-hmm. If I don't say what track it is. Mm. So a lot of people might have at the beginning kind of like what's going on here, but now they've gotten used to it and they, they've come to a point where they expect it. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is totally cool because it's something that's unique. Not a lot of people will do a show the way I do it. Yeah. Because my show is always live and a lot of shows tend to record their shows, it's a different energy. Yeah. That's why I have to do my show live you because when I, when I press play and I, I'm going and I'm broadcasting, I want to be able to go on Facebook and see who's listening, who's liking what, who's commenting about what, mm-hmm. and just get that energy. I'm soaking up energy like I'm in the DJ booth mm-hmm. and y'all are on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. You even ask about the weather. How's the weather yeah. out there where you are? Because, <laughs> you know, chances are it's a little bit colder here. So I'm trying to get some of that heat. Or if it's, if it's cold here, I'm trying to, you know, melt the snow or push away those clouds. Mm. You know, yeah. it's just, just always hype 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 energy 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 so terry when you play in front of actual live people do people expect you to to talk like you're doing on the show or how is the energy when you do it i wouldn't say i wouldn't say that like uh i mean a lot of my bookings have come from the show yes they don't always necessarily book the show to come they'll book me because of the way i play or the music that i play or the way that i play it yes but um there's been very few cases. Like I remember when I was in, when I went to Baltimore the second time, um, and it was just like, as soon as me, me and Kay walked in, it was just, you felt it, you felt the energy and you feel it as a DJ. When you walk in, you can feel it. You just, everything is just right. Mm. So when I I came on, I kind of did like the, you know, Baltimore, how y'all feeling? blah, blah, blah. And I do a little intro. And then after that, once people know who I am and what I'm about to do, then I'm cool. But a lot of times I'm not, I'm not there introducing each track or all that stuff. I just let the music do all the talking because I'm usually doing a lot of, you know, things on the mixer and Mm -hmm. queuing up next tracks and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Was it difficult for you to acquire a lot of the music on vinyl when you started or, or no, you went strictly to, well, I mean, to be honest, when I came in, because I was playing hip hop and reggae on Serato already, mm-hmm. a lot of my music specifically to house music was, uh, it was all digital okay, or CDs or, you know, um, but yeah, it was all digital or CDs when okay. I came in because by time 06 and 07 came around, 
vinyl wasn't really being consumed as much. It, it made a total switch around now. I have a lot of vinyl that mm. I kind of just collect. But okay. a lot of the stuff that I play now, it has to be digital just because of traveling and things like that. So, Terry, here comes the heavy question. How much music do you have? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I'd have to go back, but I mean, if I had my crate open, I could give you an exact number of how many tracks I played on my radio show to this date. That could give you an idea. But outside of that, I mean, thousands, 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 thousands yeah. Well, we can give them the formula. So you roughly play about 31 to 33 tracks per show. Yeah. You're on 52 weeks a year, right? And I'm always live. So and I don't, so yeah, I do, it's a week. I'm going to record the show the, the, the day before. So the only time I'll ever record a show is if I'm going on vacation or if I'm flying out on the Thursday yes. for a Friday gig, yes. I'll record the show, but I'll still record it. I'll still talk to y'all and yeah. I'll do shout outs to my loyal crew that I know are always listening. Always. And that would be me. I'm one of the loyal crew. <laughs> so yeah, uh, <laughs> This past Thursday was our 264th show. Yes. So, I mean, you do the quick math and, you know, 264 shows times your 32 tracks. Yes. 8,450 oh tracks. Oh, my gosh. The music. The music is it's incredible. It's incredible. We're going to take one last break, Terry. Um, what right. do you want us to queue up on this break? All right, so what we'll do now is is we're going to fast forward now. We're going to go to 2013, uh, where I put out my first official release on mm. the Paso Records. Um, that's going to be number two. Okay. And after that, I was able to thankfully put out a release on Nick Holder's label, DNH. Nice. Um, and that's going to be number eight. So two and eight. Talk to me a little bit about Nick Holder, your relationship with him. He was with you on your very first uh, party when you guys DJ back in 2006 or seven. Um, I remember you saying on the show, you know, payola. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing because Nick's, Nick's one of the guys that from very early um, on my show, he's been always keeping me up to date with all of his upcoming releases. So, you know, as a, as a little joke thing on my show, I like yeah. to say, you know, because I'm playing so much DNH. You know, every now and then I'll come in and be like, yo, people are going to say, yo, Nick is on some payola business because he's <laughs> always playing Nick's. But it's it's homegrown. Like DNH comes from Toronto. Yes. That's that's Toronto music. That's so, Toronto. I mean, they, the artists might not always be from Toronto, but DNH is is something that I, I hold very close because it's something when I came in, it was something that I came to realize is known worldwide. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at any of Nick's videos spinning in South Africa, he's got sometimes 20, 20,000 people yeah, yeah. like on the fence yes. singing, like just singing summer days. And it's not even a vocal track, <laughs> you know, they're just, they got everything in there. Yeah. You can take out the, the, the fader and they will sing every lick to everything. Yes. And it's just so inspiring to see. Yeah. So that's why, you know, labels like DNH and, 83 West shouts to Tyrone, mm -hmm. uh, Tyrone Solomon mm -hmm. and uh, like Martino and those guys. These are, these are some guys that I really, anytime I do events and things like that, I'm always looking to do stuff with them because when I came in, they were always, you know, looking out for me. So, awesome. um, we can talk about that in the next segment, yeah. but the events, the events that I got yeah. coming up and the events that I've done with them. All right.
But yeah, so we're gonna go into uh, this next track coming in is the Marachant. That was my actually first first label release mm-hmm. that came out in 2013 on Mikasa Records. That was a homegrown. That's a homegrown release. Mikasa Records is based out of Toronto, mm-hmm. so that was pretty dope. And then my uh, following uh, following release in 2014 was on Nick Holder's label DNH. All right, we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back.
back. We are back. Time just goes by so quickly when you enjoy what you're doing and you enjoy who you're talking with. I have today, my conversation is with DJ Junior T from Toronto. We are, Did you not realize that um, this this uh, show is international now? Because I'm talking to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we got the international stamp. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate you so much. Listen, my friend, those were some wonderful tracks. Thank you for sharing those. I, I love them both. Thank you. Um, for- I want to talk to you about what's what's in the future for Junior T. What are you doing? What's coming up? What's going on? Uh, the, all the goal is just right now, uh, as we've been talking back and forth, you can kind of see the studio is kind of looking like a studio now. Mm. So it's it's all about banging out music as much as music as I can. Yeah. Um, the radio show is doing uh, what I wanted to do. I'm reaching the people that I want to reach. So with the radio show doing that, I'm just focusing on making music and bringing music to the world. Mm. Even though in our earlier conversations, producing is really hard work. You're still you're ready to just dig your heels into it more. Of course. I mean, you have to, right? I mean, when I came in and I started spinning house music, it wasn't easy either. Like, Mm. if you listen to a lot of my earlier mixes, they don't sound like the mixes that you're hearing now. Mm. So it's all a curve and I'm I'm up for the challenge, no doubt. Mm. Mm. (laughs) You have to be because as a DJ, a lot of DJs know or uh, a lot of producers know a lot of producers do it the opposite way. A lot of producers make amazing music and then they have to learn how to DJ to go on the road. Wow. Whereas, Whereas I... Um, you know, I have a radio show that's reaching so many people, but I need to now start making some music mm-hmm. that can touch people to get the connections mm-hmm. to, you know. Yeah, because what you want is you want people to chase you as a as a producer or possibly a label, just like you did when you were coming up. Right. I mean, I'm a fan. So I chase you based on the music that you play. Um, you know, I'm just a consumer and a lover of house music, but I think, you know, to create that legacy, you're definitely on your way. And the more you put out, you produce some good music, people are going to associate that. Plus you, your DJ style and how you do that. You're definitely going to be on your way. Do you have any parties or events coming up in the near future that people can fly to book their tickets for anything in the workings on that area? Uh, the next thing I have coming up is, uh, in Toronto, mm. it's Easter long weekend. It's a Saturday. Yes. So the way Toronto kind of works is you get on a long weekend, you're going to get the the Thursday or you're going to get the Sunday. And then because Friday is Good Friday, Mm -hmm. you kind of split the difference. Mm -hmm. So we're doing the Saturday party. Mm -hmm. Um, Easter long weekend Saturday, um, a concept that I started a little while ago. I haven't done something under that concept for a while, but Underground is home. So um, we have a great venue here. It's an underground venue. It really feels like you're you're in someone's basement. Mm. So it's an underground is home with the trackheads who mm. haven't played together from my knowledge since I've come in the scene. I haven't seen these guys play together in years. Wow. So what I like to do is at home, I like to kind of put together these kind of so necessary lineups, mm. but mm. haven't been kind of approached in that way. So mm. I got Nick Holder, Tyrone Solomon, and Martino playing live on keys. Nice. Uh, East Long Weekend Saturday. That's at the Lawanda House for all my Toronto people. Nice. And that's that's ground. So we're we're dressing to sweat. Mm, dressing to sweat. I haven't heard that term in a long time. Dressing to sweat, man. Dressing to thing. sweat. When I came in the scene. Everyone knows me from my towel. I always have my white towel. So. <laughs> Yes. You know, I always had that just in case. And a lot yes. of nights, 
Thank God I had it. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, Terry, I see in your future too, I'm putting this out as a prediction. I see some, at least one boiler room episode in your life. I mean, I see crossed, that. I, mean, I see that, that specific man. Brand, I mean, I've done, I've done the lab. I've done Mix Mag's lab. Yes. Uh, in New York, which was, uh, which was a dope experience. Uh, shouts to Charisma who invited me to that. Nice. But, um, that's that's on my podcast. Um, the the video portion was with Charisma, but yeah. I have my whole set that I did with Mixmag. Um, that was uh, that was a great experience. Yeah. But um, yeah, a boiler room would be. I would love to rock a boiler yeah. room. I have because I I like to be I like to be as animated as as possible. I like to you know if if I'm getting that energy, I'm giving you that energy back. Because mm-hmm. when I came in, I came in strictly as a dancer. So you know if if it's if you catch me on the right night, yeah. I, I mean, that one time in Baltimore, it was just, everything was crazy. It was just sweat and just energy. Charisma jumped in. He started doing his thing and I'm working the, it's, it's just a a transfer of energy and I, and I love doing that. So I I definitely look forward to the boiler room. If you guys are listening to this. Yeah, man. (laughs) Call him, call him, inbox him, get at him. He needs to be on that. Yeah. When you played in New York, was that at Cielo? Was that? I played at Cielo. Um, I've also played my first gig, Shouts of Polyrhythm. They were the first guys to actually book me outside of Toronto. Um, that was a long 2000, and I got the fire here, 2008. Nice. 2009, I was in Hoboken. New Jersey. So I, my first gig was in Jersey. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I played Cielo. I played. Uh, the mix mag lab which was kind of like in brooklyn and this kind of like smirnoff lab thing yeah but yeah it, it's new york has some some great energy the times that i played there awesome awesome shouts out to all the people who travel to support house music um supporting djs that do it i you know i do it because i love the music i i want to I just love it. And I, and sometimes getting it in a different country or city is just, it just does something to your soul. So I want to shout out Betty Gomez who came all the way from hey. Miami, right? To check you out in New York one night, yep, I think. Yep. That was, uh, that was the second time I played, uh, at Cielo with Charisma and she, uh, she rolled out. And that's the thing. Like you see these people roll out and they might not necessarily tell you they're coming, but when you see them, it's like, holy, wow. this is, this is nice. Yeah. And it just gives you that that confirmation that you know things are things are lining up where the they right should be. Thing. You're doing the right thing, yeah. uh, Terry. I'm gonna call you my friend if that's okay. I mean, we should be doing that by now. All Come right, on, brother. Amsterdam All was, right. I just I still talk about it. That that Amsterdam trip is something that I hold I hold so <laughs> close. And you know the discussion we had when I you know. were leaving uh, Cantina Rose's Cantina. That was. That that was all legit. That was all heartfelt, and and I appreciate you, and I appreciate Courtney so much for I coming know. out and checking me. And that was I'll never forget that experience. Trust me. <laughs> I think I speak on behalf of quite a few people. We appreciate what you do. We appreciate the way that you do it and your style. We encourage you to keep up the terrific work. Don't stop being who you are. You are Thank DJ you. Junior T, and we love you for that. How can people find you? Get at you and reach you. So you can find me on Facebook. Everything is at Junior T. So it's J-O-O-N-Y-A-T. So it's on Facebook, Junior T, Twitter, Junior T, Instagram, Junior T. And then it's JuniorT.com. Check me out on SoundCloud slash Junior T. Mm -hmm. Um, iTunes, type in Junior T. You'll find my podcast. 
uh, mixed cloud slash junior T. I like to keep everything simple. Streamline. Yes. Uh, backcornerradio.com. Yes. For all your replays. Every single replay is up there. All 264 um, out there. Exposed yes. all the way from episode one, one. To, to where we are now. Episode yes. 264. Yes. Um, and then we got... For the next three days, uh, we have the backcornerstore.com mm-hmm. where you can pick up uh, some backcorner radio gear like you have. We got hoodies, T-shirts, V-necks, slouchy tees for the ladies, Everything. the mugs for work. Uh, we got a little tote bags for when you're going shopping, when you're buying some records, you can pick up a tote bag. And then this summer, we're going to have the tank tops and all of that extra good stuff as well. Yes. So to catch my friend live on hands-on radio, Eastern standard time, every Thursday, he is live in the lab doing what he does at nine thirty AM to 1130 AM every Thursday. Um, please tune in and listen. Um, for those of you guys that want to check me out, you know where to find me. Real chicks rock. I'm, <laughs> I'm everywhere, but Terry, hey, the real chicks rock though. I love what you guys are doing. Anytime. I'm always like, Every Sunday, I'm like, is it is it show is it show today? No, 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 it's next yeah. week. Okay, okay. I'm always I'm always looking forward to your talks. I love what you're doing. Thank I love you. the diversity of the show. Thank you. It's it's never it's never the same kind of like always music. You're Thank getting you. a lot of mixed bag of stuff, Thank you. all kinds of topics, and I love what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing because trust me, if if it's not directly live people are listening on the replay and they're they're following what you're doing for sure i appreciate that thank you so much my friend terry ak dj junior t um follow that guy thanks for your time terry we'll be in touch for all of you guys continue to rock on you're working working up a sweat we hope you enjoyed listening to rcr presents real discussions until next time you take care and continue to rock on